Welcome to Put a Word on It, a podcast presented by Men of Valor. In each episode, we're going to talk with a different man, but each one with a unique journey from brokenness to freedom. I'm your host, Rudy Kalis. I spent over 40 years as a TV sportscaster, then retired and joined the Men of Valor program as a volunteer. So join the conversation, reconciling men to God, their families, and society. Welcome to another edition of Put a Word on It, brought to you by Core Civic, a wonderful organization that has supported Men of Valor for some time. We're grateful to that. One of the things we've wanted to do for some time is bring in guys that have just gotten out, are now just a part of Men of Valor. One of those is a young man, Hunter Keel. He's a great athlete. He thought he had the world by the tail, got a great smile on his face, but there was a troubled past and a whole broken life that got him to a point of in a cell saying, Lord, enough is enough. And that's why now he's willing to put his business in the street and let you look at his life transparency wise so that you can say, this is, let me see how this young man lives his life and how he's going to live. So here you go. Here's Hunter Keel. Take me back. Cause I love hearing about people. You grew up where? Uh, uh, Lewisburg, Tennessee. All right. Lewisburg. And so what was it? Mom, dad, brother, sisters, what you have? Um, I kind of grew, honestly, I grew up in a little broken home. Um, I had five sisters. Uh, we all lived in different houses, um, different moms, and we had the same dad. Uh, when I was about nine, eight or nine, my dad went to prison, and uh, my mom gave up me and my little sister to foster care. So I kind of spent majority of my childhood in and out of DCS custody. How do you feel? You're nine years old. You're sent off to foster care. What'd that do to you? Uh, it left me broken. Uh, I was definitely broken, afraid, scared, lonely. Uh, it only lasted about three years. Uh, my dad got out of prison. You know, he got us back. Uh, I think I was 13. I was about 12 or 13, and I got real big in school. Started playing football uh, and was doing really exceptionally well. And at 13, I started experimenting with drugs, uh, alcohol, and uh Went downhill. Did you mention the football part? So were you you were a running back? A running I think back. you said. All yes, right. Sir. So guess you get a little smile on your face. So were you like good and you were a star and you start to hear all this stuff, start to think you're good? Yeah, I kind of fell into it. Uh I worked hard growing up, uh, really practiced, really practiced, and got in high school, middle school, high school. Kind of fell into the uh celebrity type feeling, if you know what I mean. Uh thinking I'm better than everybody. Big man, a small town. Yeah, thinking that, you know, nothing can touch me and that I could do a little party and a little smoking weed and, you know, go to college, everything's all right. And before it caught up to me. You switched schools, I think you told I me. I did. Uh why? After my eighth grade year, I got a re- uh, I got sent off in DCS custody. Um uh, and for what? Smoking weed, fell in drug test. And because uh, I was already on probation, you know, um uh, me, a few old family members, kind of, we robbed a firework tent when I was 13, and I was on probation for that. And then, uh, so after eighth grade, I went to DCS custody, and I did this little program in Spring Hill called uh, Tennessee Children's Home. And around July, the judge in Marshall County, she decided to let me come back early to play football, uh, but I had to move to uh, Cornersville. So that's what I did. Went to Cornersville High School. All right, so were you a football star there? Yes, sir. Uh, I believe that's where I kind of, that's where I got my first letter from a university, uh, University of Memphis. Uh, They also sent me an invitation letter to come visit the school. 
And uh, right after football season, I went right back to the same thing, smoking, drinking, partying. And before you know But you had this golden thing. You got a chance for a scholarship. What in the world makes you, you know this is wrong to be doing this other stuff. Yeah. Why? I was lost. I was broken. uh, And I wanted to fit in. I wanted to fit in. I felt like I was the cool kid, you know, so I had to fit in with people. And, man, everybody in high school was partying, so that's what I fell into. You mentioned your dad a few times. Do you blame him? Or was there a little part of you that said, man, because he went through what he did and went into prison for it, shoot, I'm going to be on the same path. I'm going to do the same stuff. Which way did you go? I had mixed feelings. Um, Let's see, before I was, before I got saved in 2018, I definitely blamed him. Uh, I had a lot of resentment. Um, But through my salvation and through coming to know Jesus and looking at his life, I understand that he went through the same thing I did. He lost his dad at an early age. And so it's kind of just like a rip, you know, ripple effect. It kind of just went down. So now I don't really blame him because uh, at the age of 14, I believe I was capable of making the right decision. Mm-hmm. Talk about being saved, but I want to know what got you into prison. After, you know, the football scholarship, um, I found out, you know, basically that they was no longer interested and was because I got in trouble and all that. So I kind of went downhill um, from 16 to 18. I stayed in DCS custody. In and out of group homes, uh, went on the run for a little while. They caught me, put me back. And then at 18, I aged out of DCS custody. My dad was in prison again at this time. Uh, my mom well, I was nowhere to be found. Uh, I had no family. I got out alone, and I got out on uh, – so I went right back to the same thing. Um, started getting in trouble, hanging out with the wrong people. I uh, started selling drugs and carrying guns, and before you know it, uh, I caught three charges, uh, robbery charges, uh, a gun charge, and uh, drug resale, and got sentenced to eight years in prison. So how did your life change? What happened? Uh, well, honestly, I went to prison with the same mindset, you know, uh, and I got first got to prison. There was a guy that was associated with the same person, and you know, I started to look into getting that, getting more drugs, and you know, trying to sell drugs in prison. Not learning, uh, but man, it's like one night I was in my bed, and I was laying down, and uh, man, it's like hey, something hit me. I had a question that scared me. You know, I asked myself, "Are you going to spend the rest of your life in prison? You had the great, op- you spent your whole life in your juvenile." in and out of DCS custody, in and out of group homes, and you see where it's got you. Uh, man, and I knew I had not, I didn't have the power within me, uh, so I just kind of cried out to God, man. I asked him if, hey, man, Jesus, if you are who you say you are, I need your help. You know what I'm saying? I can't do this on my own. I was broken. Uh, you know, the sense of pride that the enemy allows you to experience, like, man, I'm good. I don't need nobody. I ain't broken. I'm good. But the reality is, man, I came to the reality that the devil had stole everything from me. My family, uh, at that point, I hadn't talked to no family in probably five, six years. Uh, I just got fed up, man. So I cried out to Jesus and saved me. But, man, you don't change like this. No, it was a process. What happens? What happens? It was a rough process at first, man. Uh, as a baby as a baby Christian, I still had sin in my life. Uh, I remember at one time, you know, I was still getting bringing watches in through visits, having girls come up and visit me every weekend. Uh, but, man, I really 
they introduced me to a discipleship class called Master Life. Um, it was every Monday night. And so, through the brothers, man, at the church, I right, bless old man, through the investment, through discipleship, uh, man, I God started, you know, he started conforming me to the image of Christ. You obviously found out about Men of Valor. You applied. You've been yes, accepted. How long have you been out? Actually, today, uh, I've only been out 13 days. You know, the hardest time is when you get out and all that old world stuff's going to come firing right back at you. Yeah. And you do know you can't run with the same people. They'll yes. come out from the cracks. Stuff will happen to you that'll fire at you and will test that new faith, won't it? Yes, sir. I mean, I uh, went to Project Return, first week there, uh, testing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, people throwing drugs at you. People, uh, women trying to holler at you, you know. Uh, man, it's a struggle. It's real. And that's why I chose Men of Valor was because of that. Mm. In a way, by doing this video, you put your business in the street. People are not going to watch and see if six months, if a year from now, if he's still walking the walk, do you like that pressure? Absolutely. That's accountability. I need that. Well, you know, the name of the program is put a word on it. Have you thought about it? Is there a word that comes to your mind? And right now in this place, in this walk in life where I'm at, it's important that I don't grieve the Holy Spirit, you know, that I uh, trust. I like that. Trust. That's where your athletic background, when you were a good player, you add Christ to that and that determination to be good in sports and not to be good in life, I think will drive you. And you got the power now. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Wish you well. Thank you, sir. Well, let's put a word on it. His word was trust for Hunter Keel. I like that. Trust. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit and trust. He's got to trust in himself. More importantly, he's got to trust in a God above. I'm believing in this young man. And that's what you tell someone. I believe in you. And when he senses that and feels that, he's going to want to live his life by it. He was a football player and he's a man who likes to be put in the spot, in the limelight, under the pressure. That's what he's done by doing this interview. I think he'll succeed. Thanks for joining us. Join us again next time as we put a word on it. You've been listening to Put a Word on It. We would love for you to subscribe wherever you download fine podcasts. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or Spotify. Put a Word on It is brought to you by Men of Valor. To learn more, go to movnashville.com.